the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be joined by Timothy Head, Executive Director of Faith and Freedom Coalition, and uh, they are the largest grassroots organization in the country, and he did a fantastic job of breaking down the Iowa caucuses, and we will eagerly be uh, searching for those results and any outcomes. We'll talk about them tomorrow. My gut tells me a couple of things. The first is that Donald Trump will win, but that uh, there will be enough momentum and I, I think it's actually going to be Nikki Haley. When you look back, the Koch brothers and uh, Americans for Prosperity have dumped about $70 million already, or at least committed $70 million to her campaign. And she's been airing a ton of ads. So <clears throat> I do expect her to fare well and uh, not fare well as in leave, but do well and stick around. And that might be the farewell uh, for Ron DeSantis. And then all of a sudden, I think if you have a, a, a two-way race between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, I think things get interesting. And I don't think that you can discount or undermine um, – undermine's not the right word. I don't think you can discount the ground game of the opposition to Trump. And coming up, I'll probably do it in hour number two, we're going to take a deep dive into the cabal – that came after Donald Trump in 2020 and you felt it then, right? If you were at all involved on Facebook or Twitter or watching the nightly news or paying attention to what was going around you as things were being burnt and looted and people were being murdered, um, also known as the BLM movement, you knew something was afoot. Well, it was, and it involved not just Democrats and independents, but Republicans who wanted Donald Trump out of office. And it was a cabal that had conspired prior to all the activism that you saw taking place in our communities all around the country. Um, and of course, you know, nothing ever really happened there. If anyone got arrested, then uh, come all the way to D.C. to cackle and her friends in D.C. were bailing out criminals. And that was OK, because that was not an insurrection, despite things being destroyed but uh, January 6th was an insurrection. We'll talk all about that in the second hour. And so it will be interesting to see. And I'm interested what you think. 844-TALK-989, 844-825-5989. Do you think that uh, Donald Trump is now going to start his ascension into his second term? Or do you think uh, we're going to start seeing his lead uh, among Republican voters uh, chipped away? And maybe someone like Nikki Haley uh, replace him uh, on the ticket in November. Uh, but it's hard to think about, isn't it? It's hard to imagine that. But 
And by the way, if you are a Nikki Haley supporter, I want to hear from you because one thing has stood out to me, and I know that it made a lot of people uncomfortable, and maybe I'll be able to unearth the clip here again. I know that we played it a day or two after it originally happened, but she got absolutely eviscerated on stage by Vivek Ramaswamy during one of the presidential debates. She was kind of going into her war hawk mode and talking about why we needed to be uh, not only funding Israel, but why we needed to be involved in Ukraine. And Vivek Ramaswamy, in the way that he does, said, okay, well, why don't you tell us which of the provinces where we need to be focused? And the look on Nikki Haley's face will indelibly be etched into my mind forever. Uh some people would say, well, she just had a moment where she just kind of locked up and forgot. I don't think she ever knew. And I think Vivek Ramaswamy called her out and said, look, you talk about having this depth and breadth of international policy experience, but you can't even tell us why we need to be and where we need to be in the Ukraine. You're just okay with signing some checks and sending more money and proliferating the war and eventually maybe having our sons and daughters there, right? Um so that to me – and then, of course, he called her Dick Cheney in three-inch heels, and, and that was uh, a line I'll never forget. Um, but she kind of has that reputation in my mind as a war hawk and really a rhino, somebody that's going to toe the, the, the uniparty line. But perhaps to some Republicans, uh, particularly of you know moderate mindset, maybe she is appealing to suburban women, which we know – have been an issue for Republicans in the recent past and independent and moderate voters because she doesn't have that extreme position on uncertain policies. Now, some people would point to her answer on whether the federal government or the president should do something to establish a federal abortion ban. They would point to that and say, well, she's not really pro-life. I'll actually give her a nod there and say, I think she actually is pro-life. But I think she's being strategic about how she discusses uh, the pro-life movement because she's right. There is not enough support right now in both chambers on Capitol Hill to get legislation through the process that the president would sign, whether it's a 15-week, a ban after 15 weeks or 20, whatever the case may be. But I think what she's trying to do in answering the question the way that she answered the question is to um, really play keep away from a powder keg issue that could turn more Democrats out to vote in the 24 election cycle. Because if a presidential candidate or a U.S. Senate candidate like we're going to have here in Ohio wants to beat the drum of abortion, that inevitably will be what Democrats play on. And regardless of what Republicans say, I believe at this point, until they can craft a narrative that is succinct and proper and has been played out long enough, it's going to be bastardized and and, twisted and turned into uh, they're trying to take your reproductive freedom. They're not listening to you in Ohio voters who passed issue one. They're not listening, and they simply want to control women and, you know, those those god-awful evil Republicans. And so I think that was more uh, why Nikki Haley said what she said. But I'm really interested. Do do you think that she has – I think she's going to have the financial resources. And if you listen carefully to to Tim at the end of that interview, he said, whoever does well 
here in Iowa and maybe in New Hampshire. And of course, as he mentioned, Nevada's in the mix too, is going to be the beneficiary of uh, a pretty significant amount of money, maybe 75 to $100 million to bolster their campaign. And then the question becomes, well, how much is Trump going to have? And how much has he spent on uh, his legal defense and this non-ending saga, uh, you know, the attack from the Marxists who uh, really are just, they're throwing everything against the wall right now and seeing what sticks. And even if nothing sticks that would get him arrested and incarcerated, certainly something will stick that will give the press uh, something to talk about and, and doubt to cast with the idea that if we cast enough doubt on this character, and I saw it over the weekend, heard it over the weekend. Uh, we had some time with friends over the weekend who are probably more Democrats than Republicans. And the, uh, the comment was, well, he's just so chaotic and he is just this awful person. And, you know, I, I called one of the people out and I said, well, really, why is that? What is, what is driving that mindset? And the reality is it's hard to pinpoint. And so what the press has done is a really masterful job of repeating things long enough that the average voter goes, man, this guy is chaotic. Man, this guy is going to be a tyrant. Man, he is about retribution. He is an insurrectionist. He is all of these things. Now, all of that is bogus, absolutely bogus. Um, But people believe it. In fact, uh, (laughs) we're running out of time here, but I got to tell you this quickly. Over the weekend, I'm just stunned. I'm I'm going through my Twitter feed and a former – Longtime reporter, uh, member of the State House Press Corps, retweets something. And what he retweet, retweeted was essentially that uh, the United States is a proxy for Russia. And, you know, going back into this whole idea that, that Donald Trump was elected uh, with the assistance of Russian interference, okay, that has been debunked for a really long time. But yet you have a member of the press still out perpetuating. What really truly is the big lie, which is that there was Russian uh, collusion. Uh, Hey, more on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. 98.9 FM, The Answer. Hey, welcome back into the Bruce Hooley Show. Congratulations on your engagement. And if you are looking for a venue, that's the first step, by the way, you know you have to take. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to check out The Legacy on Possum Run. And you can do that at thelegacyonpossumrun.com. Better yet, you can sign up for the open house, vendor open house, scheduled for January 27th. You'll get to see the venue in person and meet a handful of the Legacy on Possum Run preferred vendors. And uh, I think you're going to love what you see. Uh, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Ohioans are raving about the legacy. And... uh, when you go there, you'll see the spaces. You'll be able to check the calendar so you can find out what dates are available. The cool part, well, there's a lot of cool parts. One of them is pricing is right there for you on the website. There is no guesswork. There's no trickery. Um, and then you can see the supply closet. That's the stuff that you get for free. You get to use for free. That's going to save you uh, hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars in uh, – on your special wedding day. And I apologize there. The the uh, cut seven that I want to play uh, got away from me. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But I'm going to encourage you again to check out the legacy on com, And uh, I think it's important that I also give you the disclaimer that 
my wife primarily runs that business, but uh, we, we run that business together. And so we benefit when you benefit by choosing the legacy on Possum Run. Your legacy begins here. Um, lots to talk about. And I, I want to just play for you what I've always believed to be one of the most impactful, if I were to boil it down um, into a couple of statements that Martin Luther King Jr. has, that he made, and by the way, I think he would have been, is it 95 years old today? Um, and, and we celebrate his birthday today. It's a federal holiday. This is one of the things that stands out to me um, from Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Martin Luther King Jr. is one of the people most responsible. His actions helped pass the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And that law ended the legal separation of people by race in public places. Um, It also banned job discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, or national origin. It was the content of our character. It was meritocracy. Now, if you repeat that refrain from Dr. King, the mainstream press will treat you as if you don't understand. You're not the expert. There's a nuance there that, that you, you don't have a right, particularly if you're white, you don't have a right to repeat that. Uh, and if you're black and you repeat that and you believe in meritocracy, then you are a victim of systemic racism. That's how far we have come. And I kid you not. I remember the first time I read that and I was stunned. Somebody had wrote an opinion piece and said, you know, the white uh, or alt-right racist folks have picked up this line from Martin Luther King Jr. and they're running with it. Um, But it's void of the understanding of systemic racism. So I don't know. Was was Martin Luther King Jr. systemically racist? Was his dream really a nightmare that we should be uh, looking at people based on the, the, the content of their character? I've always said, and and, and it probably stems from hearing people like Martin Luther King Jr., that until we get back to understanding that we are all creatures of God made in God's image, we're going to get it wrong. And if we, if we focus on our differences, we're going to exacerbate and, and widen the gap. Uh, in reality, we are so much more alike and similar uh, as human beings, what we want. We want love. We want significance. We want security. We want contribution. We want to be part of something bigger than us. I mean, those are fundamentals that run through the hearts of, of all men and women. But when we focus on disparity or we focus on differences, um, we really fall away from King's dream. And I want to play you something here, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more today and a little bit later in the week. But Lisa Logan, she's been on. Last time she was on, you'll remember, she talked about this idea of resilience how the government is going to create um, the moniker of resilience to justify 
essentially creating communist communities. And she tweeted, and I just retweeted, so if you get out to Twitter, you can find it, uh, at Jack Windsor. On this day, equality is typically revered as the high bar we hold our country to. Here's a reminder that our, our federal government is currently viola- violating Title uh, Six of the Civil Rights Act through their communist plan to distribute federal resources equitably, not equally. Uh, cut 11 here. Federal plan intends largely to do provide a lens through which agents across the federal government can entertain how they best apply their resources. Ultimately, what these objectives are set to do is enhance that equity. Um, the equity, as you see on the bottom there, in terms of access to, to federal resources, and more importantly, and most importantly, equity in terms of outcomes um, for communities and individuals. This work is being taken up organically already by federal government and partners outside of federal government. Let's talk about a few things that were said in this video. First of all, you heard Rear Admiral Reed proclaim that the federal plan's objectives are set to enhance equity, meaning there's not only the expectation of equitable outcomes for all individuals and communities, but access to federal resources needs to be equitable as well. This is the lens he's referring to the federal plan providing for all federal agencies to use when it comes to divvying out their resources. This lens is a critical theory lens. Critical race theory, an offshoot of Marxism, claims that disparities in outcomes for some racial groups are not the products of personal responsibility or choices, but a result of the way the systems and institutions of America have been intentionally set up to keep people of color from having the same opportunities for achievement as white people. Critical race theorists like Ibram X. Kendi advocate for tearing down capitalism in favor of a government system that fixes past injustices with present discrimination. This is exactly what the federal plan intends to turn our government system and how it operates into. On page 14 of the ELTRR document, it explains that in order to create an equitable future where all people and places thrive without exception, that the government will need to eliminate longstanding disparities that according to them still exist, and that federal resources will have to be coordinated to address systemic racism and other inequities. As such, resilience building assistance in the seven areas of the vital health conditions will be prioritized for communities that they say are historically marginalized or disadvantaged. This is in direct violation of Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, because it promotes unequal treatment, in this case, pre-distribution of federal resources and preferential treatment based upon the color of someone's skin. So there you have it. It is going to be about ELTRR, uh, the long-term recovery and resilience, uh, equitable long-term recovery and resilience. And this explains things like the FAA's diversity push uh, includes focus on hiring people with severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities. That's how we get there, through initiatives like this. And uh, I can't think of a better day to talk about it than on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So... More, uh, hour number two on 98.9 FM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.